everybody, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular, everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we've got uh, a real treat for you because I've checked the IMDb ratings, and today we'll be talking about the highest rated episode of The Crown ever. Wow, really? Really, yes. Tommy, what do you have to say about that? I'm on my knees with gratitude. Yes. Uh, So... Today we'll be talking about uh, The Crown Season 3, Episode 3, Aberfan, which, uh, as of this moment, has earned from the people a 9.4 out of 10 star rating. So the highest rated episode Whoa. of The Crown on IMDb. Uh, so I, for one, am very excited to be breaking this down with you today. It also uh, earned a 5 star out of 5 star rating on Vulture. So, you know, people are high on this episode. It was a real downer. But they did it well. So, uh, as always, I'm joined in this endeavor by my two co-hosts. First, a guy whose life has been changed forever by the supermarket. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, what is your favorite supermarket? Uh, good question. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I recently visited Switzerland, and they have some <laughs> really, really nice supermarkets there. Uh, so I would say the, uh, the Migros in Zurich would be my favorite supermarket. I've never heard of the Migros. What makes the Migros a superior supermarket to any that we have here in the United States? Well, I'm not in the United States. Uh, (laughs) I'm in a continent that generally has far inferiors. (laughs) But you're familiar with the United States supermarket. Generally, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Your piggly yeah, I, I've, I've had some brushes. <laughs> I've had some brushes with it. Yeah. But uh, I, I think uh, to, to me, it's more of like grading on a curve, because at least here in the Netherlands, the supermarkets aren't that spectacular. In fact, it's been probably one of the uh, the lowlights of living here. But uh, after visiting Switzerland and seeing what they have there, I was just green with jealousy. Was it like the food or was it like the layout of the supermarket that really impressed you? Or like the options. It was yeah. it was everything, Sam. It was everything. <laughs> the the variety, the quality, the lighting, the, the aesthetics. The ambiance. They, they were Yeah, the general ambiance. Like it I mean, okay, it felt a lot more like a Whole Foods market, whereas most grocery stores in the Netherlands probably feel more like you know, Walmart Supercenter with peak supply chain issue season. <laughs> no. Oh. no. I'm sorry that that is uh, something you have to deal with. Have you ever been to a hypermarket? Uh, no, not yet, but <laughs> I look forward to it one day. All right. Well, you'll have to let us know when you do. Also, back to join us today, a woman who got pulled away from a duck shoot to join us on today's podcast. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, I'm so sorry to have pulled you away from a fun afternoon of slaughtering some waterfowl oh my god for some reason i thought you meant like i was stuck in an air duct <laughs> i was like wait when did that happen <laughs> yeah how dare you take me away from my least favorite activity <laughs> killing waterfowl that's so random that I'd, i'm confused how you would jump to that conclusion well, based on I, what we saw in the episode i watched <laughs> alien last night and uh the, the creature went around in the in the ducks oh so like okay. that kind of duck are you in like a alien marathon? Are you then going to watch Aliens? If it's good. And then you're going to watch Alien versus Predator? No. Or wait, what comes wait, first? Is it just Well, so. you forgot a- Alien Resurrection. I forgot Alien Resurrection and then it's Alien versus Predator. And then there was a reboot in like the 2010s, I think. That yeah, was... wasn't it like Prometheus or something? I remember. No, Prometheus well, was... is different. Oh. 
No, it's, it's not, not related not. to Alien. Wait, Prometheus is not different. Prometheus is set in like the the universe of Alien. It, it it's a, oh, like okay. a spinoff. But then I think the same creative team then went ahead and made the next Alien movie, and also I think like might have incorporated some elements of Prometheus into it. By the way, I have seen none of these movies, <laughs> but somehow I know this. Not even the original. <laughs> not even the original. That was actually really well done. Um. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, well... I've heard you, great things. If you do, you'll have to let us know. Um, all right, but back to the crown. So, as always, uh, we just want to disclaim right off the top that if you came here to, you know, find out about whether or not the events that happened in this episode are real, um, you know, we're going to assume that they were. They seemed very real. You know, the timeline seemed very real as well. They seemed to have, like, interviewed Liz personally. Well, not personally, but, like, she's been very on the record as of the end card saying that, you know, this is one of the big regrets of her 70-year reign. So it seems like this is very historically accurate, and we don't have anything to disprove anything that happened here. Carlin's friend did not come. Oh, yeah, I forgot and- to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> she could come for a different wow. disaster episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I forgot. It's okay. She also probably isn't awake right now, so, like, it's fine. Wait, where is she? In New York, but she she sleeps. <laughs> okay all yes, right trust me. it's like 3 p.m in new york she's gonna get mad for me mentioning her uh, <laughs> she'll come back for season four okay but because of all this we're just gonna assume that everything that we saw in this episode actually happened uh, and go from there so to talk about um or to get things kicked off with season three episode three Aberfan, ivan uh could you please give us a quick recap of the episode are we sure we can't just talk about Prometheus? <laughs> no, give that recap. Uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, so this was a hilarious episode. Um, yeah, so it begins, uh, you know, right on, like, you know, the major down note of, you know, in this town of uh, uh, Aberfan in, in Wales, there's a, uh, you know, tragic uh, mining disaster uh, that leads to an avalanche uh uh, that claims the lives of over a hundred uh, people in the town, mostly children, as the uh, junior school was kind of the epicenter of the damage. Um, in the wake of this, um, the government is uh, the Labour Party. You know, Harold Wilson's government is really trying to deflect a lot of the uh, uh, blame uh, because their their you know reports and uh, you know kind of uh, townspeople claiming that uh, you know these. Uh, you know, safety deficiencies were something that was already being noticed and reported on for ages now, but the government took no action. Uh, So uh, Prime Minister Wilson is, uh, you know, really trying to not have the people uh, pin the blame uh, on the Labour government, and they're trying to deflect the coal board um, and to uh, the Tories, who I guess were in power when this uh, mining site was first installed. Uh, But uh, anyway, uh, while all this is happening, um, you know, Elizabeth uh, is making it a point uh, not to get uh, too involved as she believes it is not the duty of the queen uh, to, you know, go and uh, console people. Uh, So she, you know, spends about a week or so just kind of watching from the sidelines, um, you know, as Prince Philip uh, ends up visiting, as, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tony ends up uh, going to the village to take uh, photos. Uh, You know, Prime Minister Wilson himself, of course, goes and visits as soon as possible. Uh, But uh, eventually, uh, the British newspapers are on the... uh, 
uh, brink of uh, uh, publishing some very, uh, you know, negative uh, statements about the queen and her, uh, you know, kind of her kind of removal from the whole situation and, and, you know, not visiting the town that has uh, undergone this very difficult time and, you know, criticizing her for not kind of breaking the tradition of having the sovereign not uh, get too involved with uh, matters of consolation until uh, eventually, you know, in order to uh, not be hit hard by this negative press, uh, Elizabeth uh, ultimately relents and goes and visits and uh, meets the townspeople. Um, And in the end, uh, she listens to a recording of a hymn that the whole town sung uh, while uh, Prince Philip uh, was visiting. And he had uh, talked about how much it moved him. Um, And she ends up listening. And for what might be the first time in many years, uh, Elizabeth sheds a tear. And uh, that's the episode. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm really glad that they were able to keep the whole thing pretty light. Um, yeah, and this, I think, was the longest episode of the season that we've seen so far. So they really dug into this uh, more so than they did for uh, some of the earlier events that we saw here in season three so far. So, Carlin, my question for you is, so you've gone on record, you know, as saying that you are a fan of Wilson so far through what we had seen and this is the first time he's been really tested with like a, a national tragedy like this. So how did Harold Wilson hold up here? I feel for him, but like it wasn't great. I do think that in that position, like the people were right in that like someone has to take responsibility and like ultimately he got into office and he could have listened to those complaints and done something about it. So he is partially to blame it's like mostly the Tories but like he is also to blame here and he should take responsibility for that like with his government and I think in doing so they could have like bolstered the reputation and like the good faith will that people would have in the government so that was a misstep on his part I yeah it wasn't great I still support him I I think the Tory government would be worse I don't really know how history goes but I it just seems like it'd be worse (laughs) Seems like they would uh, install more mines with the same problem. I I don't know anything about mines. I like seeing normal people though. That was fun. Yeah, we saw normal. Well, we saw normal people. You mean like in the context of like their everyday? We saw yeah. that for maybe like three minutes. No, wait, that was a full sequence. That was like ten minutes. You think we got a full ten minutes out of it? It was a long time. Okay. Did it not feel like a long time? It was, it was it was between three and ten. Yeah. <laughs> so like enough time where like you could set yeah. the scene of like what these people's lives were. And I almost wish that I mean like this episode's obviously perfect because it uh, had such a high rating on IMDB, but I almost wish we had like followed an everyday yeah. family through like their grief to juxtapose that with Elizabeth doing nothing. But like I think they did a really good job with like you can see what Wales is like. Yeah, for sure. To that point. Um, Ivan, is this the best episode of The Crown that we've seen so far? That's a complicated question. I I, I feel like this hour of television was very well crafted and very compelling. It doesn't necessarily feel like an episode of The Crown. Um, It's kind of its own thing. It's like that weird phenomenon where people recommend uh, kind of a standalone episode of a TV show for you and say, oh, like if nothing else, go ahead and, you know, watch this episode. And then you watch it and you think like, okay, uh, I can get more into this. But it turns out that one standalone episode is not super 
representative of what the rest of the series is like. And that's kind of how this felt in, in a good way. Like, I, again, it was like it was a concept episode. Uh, you know, tonally, this felt very different from the rest of the series. There was a very noticeable um, uh, lack of uh, music, especially in the earlier parts of the episode. Uh, everything just had this very uh, somber tone. Um, so it felt very different from the rest of The Crown. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a great piece of television making but yeah I, I don't know that i would point to this episode and say like oh yeah like this is what the crown is all about yeah because i i felt like there was a noticeable absence of like the royals themselves and i feel like when i think of the crown you like you think of the royals doing things and like margaret had like one monologue where like it wasn't even really about her very little elizabeth and then you know, everyone else just kind of had like their little moments. So I think in that regard, because the main cast wasn't featured as much, it feels weird to say this is like the best episode of the crown. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, if you, if you just want to learn some British history, but it doesn't really tell you much about the Royal family, at least until the end where yeah. we kind of learn, I guess a little bit about Elizabeth. Um, so the big thing here is like the crown doesn't interfere is not really the right word, but like, go to the sites of tragedies kind of i guess the precedent that's been sent is that they'll go to the hospital afterwards i mean we can talk about this a little bit but i don't know like it feels like a weird move in the context of today where you know whenever there's a tragedy right they're always there who who who's they i guess just like world leaders right right but yeah. but that that that's the point. It's like Harold Wilson was there like mm -hmm. the next day, but but the crown wasn't because that's you know supposedly not what they do. I lost my train of thought now. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> it, yeah, it, they still kind of feel like I guess in terms of are you saying like they feel like world leaders in today's context? Yeah, exactly. Where like they would like mm -hmm. today's royals would definitely. I think so. Yeah, especially for something that happens like within the UK. But. Wait, you'd say you're saying today the 95 year old Queen Elizabeth would go. Well, maybe. I'm, I not, mean, I'm not sure. I agree. You don't well, agree? She's old. I mean, they she's would send like Charles. Yeah. <laughs> like if they didn't send someone. But they wouldn't want Charles. Well, so they'd send William. I don't know who's still uh who's still regarded as fine. I don't know. Should, should we just do the Kinky Crown Award? <laughs> oh yeah. Do you have an entry for that? <laughs> yeah. So many. All right, let's talk about uh, some of the responses that we got here. So we have this tragedy. There's been some neglect in the town for many years. I learned about uh, mining tips, which I was a term I had not been privy to before. And apparently there were guidelines for the tips that they could only be 20 feet tall. I was also confused. Why are they building these tips on the top of a mountain? Like they couldn't relocate the tips somewhere less uh, precarious. Uh Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> I, it seemed like a problem, but the tips can only be 20 feet tall. And what they did was they built the tips to be over 100 feet tall. And the volume of the tips, they said, was 300,000 cubic yards. I looked this up. That's over 60 million gallons, um, oh. all coming down the hill. I've got a question. Yes. What is a tip? So the tip is like when they're mining, right? They have to excavate a bunch of, you know, dirt and stuff right. from the mine so right. they'll basically just put it into a pile they'll take out that dirt and just put it into a pile and that's the tip oh it's not like actual coal no it's uh, not coal it's wait, like the so, stuff that they take out of the mine so that uh, they can get to the coal okay so it was basically a mudslide so it was very like a heavy unstable mound of dirt 
Exactly. And that's why it collapsed. Oh. What? Okay. Yeah. You think they really would be like, ah, yeah. You'd think so? (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't make this any taller. Yeah. And there had been guys, so there had been guidelines for how to build the tips to make them not, uh, you know, mudslide. They, they went. They went five times over the maximum limit. Yes, that was this what they said. This is such oh. a thing that happens, and it's in, which is incredibly negligent, right? And yeah. apparently, it's been happening for a, a long time, right? Because they said the tip was made back in what was it, the thirties? Yeah, and it it's was... now nineteen sixty-six. How do you even make a hundred foot tall mound of dirt? Uh, I yeah, crane? great. <laughs> they didn't have a crane. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so it had been raining very heavily, as we saw at the beginning of the episode, and that was what made it really like slide down like this. Are these the first special effects we've seen on the crown? They were pretty good. Yeah, I was impressed. It like that moment where it goes to the classroom. It was kind of like a yeah. nice, not nice, but it was like a jump scare. Like that yeah. was they can afford it. I guess they finally get to use their budget on um. Well, I thought even like. On a smaller level, like the scene where they drive up the truck to the mountain and they're by the sinkhole and then they're standing next to the sinkhole and then it starts to cave in even more. Yeah, yeah I that, thought the that quality felt very high budget. The yeah. quality of it was very good. They knew where to put their money. They knew <laughs> they knew where to put their money. They did. Um and so we have this event where the tip collapses. At first I wasn't sure it was gonna happen. I was like, Is it is it a volcano? Like what's happening here? But it's just kind of like a landslide. It falls down. We kind of cut to the aftermath. And the first person to go to help out is Tony, at least as far as like the royal family is concerned. And so Tony is the first person to go. And I liked this for Tony. I think, you know, this is a good look for Tony. But I'm confused. I thought Tony had polio. How is he helping? Isn't he just there to look? Was he helping? He's just there to look? I mean, maybe like in terms of like searching, you could dig through dirt. He doesn't seem like he would dig through the dirt, though. Uh, no, he actually could. Is Tony capable of digging through dirt? I don't know. <laughs> that's, I, that's my question. I, I really thought they were there for, like, moral support. Like, he was just there for, like, hey, I'm here. We're searching. I did like this for Tony, but, you know, it's not like... Margaret's like, where are you going? And he's like, you'll find out. It's not like, come with me. Yeah, why didn't Margaret go? <laughs> so, I, actually, now that I think about it, I'm a little bit torn on Tony. Like, I do appreciate that he went, but... He probably could have pressured Margaret to go with him as well. I'm almost more confused about why Margaret didn't go than Elizabeth. She was she was so mad about not having royal duties, so she's like, "I'm not. Ooh. I'm not going to this dirt pile." That'd be terrible. Oh, I don't think Margaret's going in in any case. Like no. it, it's like, I, I mean, you're questioning whether Tony would be digging dirt. Like, can you picture Margaret doing it? Well, again, I don't think they're actually digging. I think they're just there to look sad. I think Tony Tony does seem like the kind of person who would kind of like want to dive in though. Yeah. Of if and of any of them. Yeah, and and he could probably get away with it, but if like Princess Margaret is showing up there and she's just kind of standing around gawking, that that's not even really a great look, honestly. Well, what did Elizabeth do? <laughs> Didn't yeah. She well, just no, stand but there and gawk? the, the different the difference there is that like Tony arrived like when the townspeople were still like digging and trying to find the oh, children. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, that was, that was a time where like, if you were there and you weren't helping, you were probably kind of in the way, which is how oh, it yeah, would have true. been if Margaret had been there or even if Elizabeth had, had showed up. I mean, Elizabeth was partially right in the sense that, uh, you know, cause she, she had like made some like statement about like how, 
uh, her presence would just be kind of a distraction and like a, a spectacle that the town didn't need, which is probably accurate when we're talking about the night of or the day mm-hmm. after. Um, it stops mm-hmm. being true after a couple of days. But yeah. yeah, I mean, if Princess Margaret had showed up to this Welsh village while they were literally trying to find like the bodies of like dead children that yeah, I, I don't think that would have like that would have done her any favors. Yeah, I guess that's true. One thing that was interesting to me was that it seems like this event happens, right? And everybody has their private secretary to tell them about it. Like Liz obviously knows what happened right away. Margaret was at Caroline's birthday party and doesn't even know what happens. Like, does Margaret not have the same level of like, here's a national tragedy, you should know about this? Probably not. You I guess so? she keeps firing all her <laughs> all her servants Where's and the lady her? In, Where's the lady in waiting? Because she, she's probably not having like any kind of secretary of hers accompany her to these parties. What I did think was fun was that right in uh, previous episodes, we saw Martin try to edit speeches and get just hard taken down. But here he drafted up the official royal response. Right. But, but it was screened by Michael. Yeah, for sure. It, um, it's a slow burn of um, Martin being able to do things. Granted, there wasn't a lot behind the royal response. It was how three sentences tops, maybe. It was. It was pretty brief. It was pretty brief, um, and it wasn't even something that she announced like over the radio or television herself. It was kind of just a statement that was given to the press. Do we think that if? the queen had done this in a more public fashion, the response would have been different. I think so. Cause there's that illusion of like, when you hear someone on the radio or see them on TV that like they are there or like their response is closer to you, I guess. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like at least they could have heard her voice about mm-hmm. it. Is it at this point in time common for Elizabeth to make any kind of television appearance outside of her Christmas speech? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that common is right, but I feel like, you know, we've been seeing this now over the course of the crown more and more where it's like, we'll televise the coronation. We'll televise this where, I don't know, at what point does it become the norm or... Do they do that? Yeah, I don't know. Like now, the last time they... Or at least the radio, like maybe not television, but radio for sure. I don't know. But see, this is where I think a lot of this falls on the prime minister to to have the like initial response did did he not respond wait i mean he went there no 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 yeah yeah right but that's what i'm saying i i I don't think it's it's super expected uh, for the queen to get on television the next day yeah i i think that's probably true yeah so this uh the mudslide happens on friday on saturday the prime minister goes to visit the queen and tells her that he thinks that she should go to Aberfan. So that is next day. But Ivan, you're saying that even though the prime minister has requested the queen go on Saturday, it's still probably too soon. Is he is he telling her to go same day, you think? Maybe not that Saturday, but probably Sunday. These are some fun details that we're trying to uh, <laughs> yes. deliberate, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And sh- he says that she should just go and comfort people. And she's like, put on a show. The crown doesn't do that. And he's like, no, actually comfort people. And then you get the sense that she's like, how does one do that? Yeah. yeah. That was one of the most interesting revelations of the show. Because I feel like throughout 
especially like seasons one and two, you don't get a lot of like intense, heavy hitting acting from like Claire Foy. And it was like, oh, that was completely deliberate. Yeah. (laughs) She just doesn't do big emotion. And like, I kind of like that they brought that up here. That she's broken. Yeah. Well, it's just like time change, like. Maybe she, that's, like, how she was raised to be the queen, but, like, she's been queen for so long. that just, like, the times have changed and the way that the people respond to or expect their leadership to respond to things like this has just changed. But, but I mean, her father seemed like a pretty emotional guy. Like, I, I don't get the sense that he was hi- hiding his feelings whenever he got worked up. It's like the moment where she was talking about how she wasn't like emotionally moved when Charles was born. I get that Bertie was emotionally moved when she was born. Right. Yeah, no, I think this is an Elizabeth problem. Yeah. A little bit like how she was socialized, but an Elizabeth problem. It explains a lot. Who was the one? Was it, um, who was the friend of Philip that caused all the scandal? What was that guy's name? Mike. Mike. Yeah. It was like when Mike, Mike was Parker. like, uh, yeah, Charles is just a reminder of Elizabeth's death. <laughs> Oh, that's just what she's thinking about. Okay, so there's immediate worry from Downing Street that this is going to become politicized. I thought it was kind of amusing that people around them at first were like politicized. Who would do that? But I feel (laughs) like in today's world, it's like, yeah, obviously it's going to become politicized. So it was just weird to see a time when that wasn't necessarily the assumption or like the immediate assumption. No, it was painful. You're like, oh, I understand. I, yeah, we understand very much. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, sorry, this is such a grim episode. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! But you know what, Marsha, she gave the the knockout performance here. If no yeah. one was gonna, okay. okay. I feel like this is the one thing we can discuss with a with a little bit of lightheartedness is this Marsha character because like she came out of nowhere and then she just disappeared, but she seemed to have a pretty big impact. I, yeah. I loved her. She was great. She was not introduced to us very well. No, well, that's all. okay. <laughs> yeah, but she is so pro-labor. I don't know that we've seen someone this pro-labor to this point uh, in this series that she is like, she's so mad at, at Wilson. She's like berating him. She's like, you're so weak. <laughs> she's, Do we again, know what her job right. is? Some kind like of secretary. his secretary or a secretary? Like what? Because uh, like there, there's something to me so weird about like, it just being like a a small room with the two of them late at night with like the fireplace going and this is where they're having this argument. Yeah. I would assume yeah. she's his secretary. I don't know. Yeah, so she wants Wilson to force the Tories to take the blame. I don't even know how this would work. Like the prime who is the prime like she wants well, I thought the she previous wanted... prime minister or but, just like the party in general. But didn't she tell him that he has to take some responsibility for it? Like it's bad. It's looking bad on the party that he isn't doing it. Like he isn't taking even a little bit of responsibility. I don't know. I know she wanted the Tories to take responsibility, but like, wasn't she also saying he should, if not have the well, crown? No, I, I think, I think she was, she was rallying him to deflect the blame towards somebody else. Like, you know, get a handle on the situation. People are starting to talk shit about you. You need to like, make it clear that this is the fault of either, you know, the coal board, which you don't seem to be able to do, or, well, you know what? We're out of ideas. Let's just make Elizabeth look bad. I mean, I will say the coal board meeting went over very poorly. Oh, well, um, that was bad. <laughs> you know, the people are mad, rightfully so. They're like, you need to take responsibility for what uh, what happened here. And their first response is, well, 
it was not us. <laughs> like how, <laughs> who yeah. else could it be? <laughs> That's just like such a bad look. I don't know. It's not what people want to hear. No, especially when it's their fault. <laughs> and did they, did they even like justify how it wasn't their fault? They said the weather. They just said it was the weather. Yeah, it was oh, very rainy. right, right, right. Blaming climate change yes. for their uh, giant piles that are five times as high as they should be. 100 foot piles of dirt. Yeah. So the next member of the royal family that we see roll through Aberfan is Philip. And Philip arrives almost a week after. So at this time, he arrives basically in time for the funeral. And it was really interesting how at the beginning of this of the episode, we see the kids preparing to sing a song. And... By the end of the episode here at the funeral, it's the adults singing the song that's very powerful. And um, it was kind of haunting just seeing all of the coffins lined up in a row yeah, like that. I mean, I think that Philip definitely took something away from being there. And Elizabeth is just very weird about it when she talks with Philip later on that night. Yeah, because she, she's, she's like very curious about like what went down because she herself didn't go, but she really wants like a, a full account of what happened and, and down to like, you know, how he felt emotionally in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, she interrogates him and asks, you know, did you weep? And, you know, to Philip's credit, like I was actually kind of expecting him to like, you know, come like, come back and say like, no, no, of course not. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I had a handle on myself, but instead his response, you know, rightfully so was like, of course I wept. What the fuck's the matter with you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that was growth. I feel like that was growth for him somehow, and I, I really liked it. I think that Matt, Matt Smith, Philip would have said that as well, though. I, I think I in some way, Philip has always had like a good sense of how he's feeling. That's true. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that was, that yeah. was good. So that was super interesting to see. And I think Philip, also, we get here, Philip says that anyone else who would have heard it would have also wept and been broken into a thousand tiny pieces. And I think this is. This really gets to Elizabeth because I don't think she's ever felt. It seems like she's never felt that before. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she has. So then, power move. the The government goes on uh, to the press and is like, you know, has not shown up here. <laughs> the queen has been conspicuously absent. Now Wilson says it was not him, which again, <laughs> like, okay, sure, but this kind of forces the queen to go. Hold on a second, though. Like, I believe Wilson when he says it, it, it isn't him because I don't think he would do anything like so kind of directly improper. It was absolutely 100% Marsha. Oh, yeah. No, because it would be so awkward for Wilson to do that and then still have to meet with the queen every week. Yeah. Like, that, that'd be terrifying. Exactly. I don't. It was, it was yeah. Marsha. Marsha all day long. Yeah, I, I do believe that. But this does kind of force the queen to go. And um, so here's the itinerary. She's got two and a half hours scheduled. Um, and remember, this is Wales, not England. So a display of emotion is expected. This just refer. I like my understanding of this was that this this just assumes to kind of like the people and how like the people in Wales kind of expect somebody to to act, mm-hmm. not necessarily like a proprietor, uh, like a you know how proper it might or may may or may not be. And then the scene of her arriving in the town I thought was super striking because everybody's dressed in black and in gray. And here's the queen in like a red coat 
just like walking through the town. I thought yeah. that was super interesting. And she has her like fur hat on. Like yeah. she, she felt like a, a rich lady. She did. And she just felt so like she felt so out of place. And it's like everybody has to look at her because she's the only person wearing a red coat. Yeah. And the, the other like weird thing about it is, you know, on the flight over, I forget if she was with Martin or Michael, um, but, you know, she was told that, you know, she was like given her itinerary, everything that she'll be doing. And, you know, they said at the end, the whole thing will take two and a half hours. And there was something kind of gross about it just being yeah. so like kind of planned out and regimented like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, 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 no. You're, 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 you're clearing your schedule for the rest of the day. It, it's going to take however long it takes, Liz. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you're not doing an in and out, but that's exactly what it was. And what was weird, like in the moment, right? She leaves the house at the end. She's talked to some of the people who have lost people um, at the school. I mean, sort of. <laughs> sort of, yeah. And you see her like dabbing her eyes with a handkerchief. And apparently this was acting. This was hashtag acting. Uh, yeah, I mean, she did not, there were no tears. And it was very obvious, at least to the viewer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, the whole thing, it was so, it almost made me cringe, like watching her talk to the, like the people who had lost people. Because like you could see the way she kept getting set up with like the names and stuff like that. And she would like just say like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, move like- down the line. And just oh say yeah, the and same like that. Then, then the girl at the end, it's like she could have at least given her a hug. I mean, come on. Yeah, no. It, oh, it was. I just imagine that kid afterwards. You just kind of get like, I'd be like embarrassed or just weirded out. Yeah. The oh, I mean, the, the fact that 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 kid was even like kind of paraded in front of the queen like that just felt kind of gross. Because like that that kid is like probably in shock still. Yeah, and For I sure. think like uh, what probably. 95% of her peer group is dead. She just lost like every single friend and classmate. Yeah. And like, and here she is expected to give the queen a gift. Yeah, that's, oh, that was, that's weird. She, the queen should be giving her a gift. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously. Definitely. Oh my goodness. All right. Fi- the episode finally has something for us to get outraged about. Yes. Well, Here's the other thing. So then she debriefs with Wilson afterwards and Wilson, she basically like confesses that she didn't cry. Um, She thinks there's something wrong with her. And Wilson is like, well, you know what? This could actually not be terrible. It's not terrible that something may be wrong with you because, you know, uh, we can't be everything to everybody. And, uh, (laughs) you know, your job is to calm more crisis, more crises than uh, you create. And, uh, you know, you just have no emotion and, uh, no one needs hysteria. So I get, this is Wilson being comforting, I guess, but I don't know it as a, as a person in society, I don't know necessarily that I want my leadership to be emotionless. Uh, I personally don't, I guess this is why we don't have a, a Royal family. I feel like we, we'd be very scrutinizing to them, but, (laughs) um, Yeah. Oh, wait, no, can you imagine an American royal family? Look at what we did to Diana. She wasn't even ours. Yeah, it'd be bad. Oh. Look at the Kennedys. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it wasn't very comforting. Um, it felt like it, it should make me not like Wilson as much, but I thought it was funny. Well, I <laughs> thought what you would feel, uh, what you would be kind of shocked with Wilson was where he went on that speech about how he actually is pretty fancy. And yeah. he likes fancy things. I like this fancy speech. But he's been faking his entire life. He likes a good cigar. 
but he can't smoke a cigar because it represents rich people. So, so he smokes funny. a pipe. <laughs> So like what funny. a poser. That's like what I imagine every politician who like <laughs> um you yeah. know is like pro socialist, all that. They're all they are they like fancy things. Like once you get introduced to fancy things, I don't think you can go back. Yeah, yes. I, I so like, yeah, I see that well, once, man. What, what, once you go to Migros, you don't want to go to Albert <laughs> Einstein. Yeah, like <laughs> people I think yeah. any person if introduced to a fancy thing and like was given the yeah, I don't know. I think that's normal. You think that's normal? So you don't begrudge Wilson, too much for this. Nah, I mean, it, it, this wasn't his best episode. I still think he's uh, he's my fave PM. We'll see if that changes. Okay, that's fair. Um, but no, what Elizabeth said, <laughs> that's a whole different thing. It's it's one thing to like a cigar. It's another to not feel anything when your children are born. Yes. All right, so on the plane back, Liz asked for a, rec- a recording of the, of the song at the funeral. I didn't realize this was something that had been recorded. Do we think that the... Radio is like this got radio play. Like what? Who would record this? Must have been. It, it's kind of weird to think that somebody was there recording. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, I guess. It was a big historical moment. And 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 maybe, yeah, they did want to broadcast it out across the radio waves. But yeah, still, still odd. Yeah. So but she listens to it and she cries. So here's she, the thing. She, she leaks a few tears. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think she's ugly crying. No, I don't think she's allowed to ugly cry. But, like, here's the thing. I feel like if you – I cry at a lot of things. If you had just given me that recording, I don't think it would have been as emotional as if you were there. So, like, if she hadn't cried, I don't think it would have reflected that much. For sure. Was this Olivia Coleman's Emmy moment? Was this the Emmy moment for Olivia Coleman? They, they sure focused on her face a lot, so probably – they did. You saw the tear just forming the entire way. Yeah, I feel like Olivia Coleman probably won this season through a lot of really subtle acting. Yeah, I mean, she's a very different queen. And just in terms of, like, vibe, I think, and, like, how much is kind of, like, going on just emotionally, I think, than the Claire Foy queen. Yeah, well, I think she's also moving through an increasingly complex world. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think when when Claire Foy took the crown in 1952, everything kind of made a lot more sense back then. But now things are changing, um, and you know what used to be appropriate 20 years ago might not be nowadays. Um, all right. So at the end, we get the card that she has actually returned to Aberfan more times than any other member of the royal family, which I do think is interesting. Like at this point. We're so far removed, like, and it doesn't say like this, like if this is something she continues to do or if it was just like kind of like within that mm-hmm. s- space of time. Mm-hmm. Like, do we think that she's going back now? It feels kind of weird. I mean, maybe not I, now, I, now. I, yeah, probably not now, now. But but I would be like, I'm actually a lot more curious about what some of those subsequent visits looked like than yeah. what yeah. she did during this one. Because like, yeah, what do you what do you do when you're you know past the like initial mourning period, like what is what does it look like for her to, you know, meet up with these people and, you know, is she still comforting them or or is she just kind of like celebrating with them as they've moved on to the next stages of their lives? Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, you're right. I wanna see that. Yeah, that's super interesting. And then I don't know if we've got this before. Normally the credits play over black, but the credits in this episode played over mm. like a school blacktop. With a bunch of kids yep. playing with hula hoops. Mm-hmm. So do we think 
this scene of the children playing is pre or post uh, pre. the ev- pre? Yeah. You think this is like a, a snapshot of the kids before, not necessarily like later on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the just, town has uh, been yeah, rebuilt. A little, a little snapshot of, of of the children that were lost. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting touch. And that's pretty much... I could uh, be wrong, though. Like, it, it could be, like, you know, children, like, you know, after the town's kind of moved on and rebuilt. Well, that's oh, the thing. I feel like, like that'd be so long. Like, not to be technical, but how long does it take to get a whole, like, generation of kids who can go to well, school that's back? Th- yeah, that's the thing. I Like, if you're a parent with kids and this happens to your town, like, do you have to move? Like, do you have to leave the town? It's just such a traumatic thing. Yeah. But also On that imagine, note, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna go with before. Before, okay. Let's say it was before, but it was an interesting touch. It's not something I think that we've seen before that I can recall. Yeah, no, this was a very like viscerally upsetting episode. Yeah, and it's just another way to Ivan's earlier point that like this was just a different episode than anything we've seen in the series so far. Huh. It feels inappropriate to do a kinky crown award. <laughs> uh, I have one. Okay. okay, I barely have one, so. So, you know when uh, Marsha is putting down Wilson and calling him pathetic? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I think he likes that. Okay. Yeah. I, I specifically yeah. like the line where she's like, throw some balls. I think that throw has many meanings. Throw some balls? I don't even know that I caught that. It was trying to be like, throw some balls like to like crack some ceilings to like, you know, get in the game. But I, I think it's also like, let's go. Was that your one that you had? Yeah, that's my one. I didn't see Oh, that much see, here. I went in a different direction. Oh. Um, there was so much talk of tips here. <laughs> and oh one God. of the lines specifically was they've been no. saying the tips were dangerous for years. Oh my God. Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you have any- Over 100 children died. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh I had another God. one too, actually. Okay. It was. Um, so Harold Wilson comes in, and the first thing the queen says to him was that her predecessors would have had the courage to do it face to face. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I guess that's less problematic. That is less <laughs> problematic for sure. All right. Yeah, this episode, you know, they, it was tough. This is a tough episode. At least they didn't accidentally do a bunch of them, you know. Yeah, total consistency. So, so are you with me? Is 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 Marsha the dominant? I I vote Marsha. Yeah, let's go with Marsha. I don't want I don't want to be problematic here. <laughs> you don't want to get us canceled. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Marsha, congrats. Congrats. I don't know. Tips is just you know why does it have to be called that? <laughs> if there's a non-dangerous tip episode, yeah. you can bring that back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So next week we'll be talking about the movie Free Guy. <laughs> Not aliens. <laughs> I, I also saw a lot of scream movies this week. Wow, that's it feels like a genre. You're just fully I'm trying immersed. To, yeah, trying to learn. Wow. All right. So I'm assuming we don't have anything else to say here about this episode. We're no, ready to move on. It was good though. It was no, good. I mean, was it, it, it was it was wonderful. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was really well done. It was it was really you know heart wrenching and and well polished. And you know that said, I'm, I'm I'm ready to move on to some of the the bullshit that this show is normally full of yeah 9.4 out of 10 sure Sure. yeah (laughs) all right well speaking of that bullshit the next episode we will be talking about here season three episode four uh bubbikins (laughs) as the royal family makes a documentary to boost their image an unexpected guest arrives from greece 
throwing a wrench into Philip's publicity plans. Oh man, home video time for, <laughs> for the royal family. This should be interesting. I hope it's a Mamma Mia crossover. Um, <laughs> you think their home video documentary is also think, shot I in the form of the, a musical? It's the unexpected <laughs> guest coming from Greece. It's probably Meryl Streep. Oh my God. Meryl Streep did play Margaret Thatcher, did she not? Once? Yes, she did. In the Iron Lady, mm-hmm. is that right? I think that was Ooh, her. Ooh, okay. Was that not? Wait. I think yeah. it was. I think she played. I oh, think wait, so. Helen Mirren I think played you're the right. Queen. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, Meryl in the Queen. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, a Meryl Streep appearance—it's not out of the question. <laughs> Somewhere down the line. Um. So we'll be very excited to dive into that. It's obviously not the highest-rated episode of The Crown ever, but hopefully, it'll be a little bit lighter unlike what we talked about today. So we'll be back next week to talk about that. Uh, In the meantime, Ivan, if people want to talk to you on social media about The Crown, where can they do that? Next. (laughs) Carlin, what about you? Um, On Twitter, at Carlin Greenwald, and Instagram, at Carlin underscore G-E-E. All right, and you can find me on Twitter, at Sir Sam Chung. But the best place to reach us if uh, you want to talk about The Crown is on Twitter, at crown round pod that's where ivan actually did you know that uh as of this time uh your favorite president lbj is getting a special on cnn my favorite president yes your favorite president from the last episode of the crown (laughs) lbj special cnn special wow that sounds special it is (laughs) so if you want to talk to ivan about lbj (laughs) you can go to the crown twitter but as always thank you all for listening and uh we'll see you next time and god save the queen god God save save the the queen. queen